We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Tucky cold snacks. In these little holiday cans. These gay holiday cans. I was about to say these are very gay. I love a gay can. I love a gay gay. Yeah. I'd love to anything gay. These gays are trying to kill me. <laughs> Welcome to the Holy Hour, a podcast about sex, relationships, mental health, and everything in between. I'm Amelia Sampson. And I'm Liz Ball. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok at the Holy Hour. I'm on Instagram and TikTok at Amelia Sampson. And I'm on Instagram and TikTok at Liz Ball So Hard. You can also watch us on YouTube or listen ad-free on Patreon at patreon.com slash theholyhour. Check out our merch at theholyhour.com and email us your spicy stories at holyhourpodcast at gmail.com. It's perfect. We got a biscuit maker. Oh, yeah. He gets uh, he gets lost in the sauce of his biscuit making. Like, his eyes just, like, glaze over, and his pupils are huge. He's, yeah, this is amazing. He's entering sauce zone currently. I love I love how black cats just have such specific little, like, weird he quirks. Gets, he gets a little too into it. Calm down. Do you know why they do that? I actually recently looked it up. Why? Because when they're kittens, they used to do that on their mom's. Mm-hmm. bellies while they were feeding mm-hmm. oh, so it's a covered thing eh. so whenever meows is doing it on me when she's just like cuddling i'm like yeah i am your mom he just True. It, when he does it on me he does not stop i have to make him stop I mean, he goes fast he goes ham on the biscuits yeah meows is more of like a slow biscuit maker grams is not really a biscuit guy Interesting. he does it he does it a little bit here and there but not nearly as aggressively as gatsby but gramps is gramps is a weird little dude I he love is. him so much. He is a weird dude. He has such he has such a fun personality. He was supposed to be my cat's cat, but I'm I'm his cat. Yeah, that's so real. You really He's not even my cat. I am his cat. Yeah. He's screaming at me until I can pick him up. How the fuck does that happen? Also, I started crying the other night. I don't know if you saw my TikTok. I deleted oh, no. the first one of me sobbing taking the video because i was like okay there are people like there's so much more important shit going on right now than like what i'm crying about. So I deleted it and then did a post cry video asking for advice about introducing a cat and a dog because the only stress that I have about moving in with Frank is the fact that Meows is going to be uncomfortable. And in Mm -hmm. that moment, I was realizing like, this bitch would not give a fuck if I died, you know? And here I am (laughs) sobbing at two in the morning about like whether or not she's going to be comfortable in her bedroom that she has at this new place. She's going to have a whole room. room She's going to have a whole corridor. Meanwhile, this guy can't get enough biscuits i've never seen a stance quite like that in my life i wish we were recording video (laughs) 
Um, before we uh, jump into convo, Liz and I were just talking um, about w- uh, what the next few months are going to look like, which are nuts. Mm-hmm. We've never taken a break from this podcast. We've taken two weeks off. Yeah. At, at max, we take two weeks off, which is I feel like I don't think we ever actually have taken because we would record in advanced and then we do solo episodes back and forth. Yeah. So it was kind of like we got a break, but not really. Yeah. So. December we are taking a break yes but we're not breaking up no no we, we will re- on a break we're gonna return for the new year yeah. new year new us maybe it'll be a season two after three years yeah <laughs> we'll finally have a season two 160 <laughs> something episodes in yeah we have long seasons <laughs> we can't because we have so, separation anxiety so from long. y'all yeah literally that's why we haven't taken a break because we're like oh, but we're gonna miss them they're gonna be disappointed in us but now that we know y'all as well as we do, we know that you won't be disappointed in us. So we're no. we're actually going to take time off. Well, because if any of our listeners were like, I'm exhausted, what should I do? We'd be like, take some time off. What are yeah, you doing? Right. Stop like stop putting take these expectations break. on yourself. Yeah. So I just moved. Amelia's moving. <laughs> and as anyone who's moved knows, moving is um I, I think it takes years off of your life. Yeah. It takes more years off of your life than smoking does, I'm convinced. Yeah, I mean that's going to be the next class action lawsuit commercial that we see. <laughs> have you been? Have a you moved of in the last th- since 2020? Yeah, I just feel like everything you since 2020 has been shit. You might be entitled to monetary compensation. Compensation, thank you. Yeah, because moving, you have to pay. Yeah, I should be reimbursed for my um, labor and stress. I'm out which like is for- a- emotional labor. Oh, yeah, arguably harder than physical labor Mm -hmm. give me some give me some boxes to lift that'll hurt for a few minutes but you know what (laughs) stress hurts a fucking lifetime dog it it, it affects everything it affects your sleep it affects your stomach gives you grays uh wrinkles that it just gives you the worst of everything yeah should we start talking about our topic our topic i would love to I am thrilled to discuss this. As we have alluded, we are going to be discussing Britney Spears's um, new autobiography, The Woman in Me. Um, I highly recommend listening to it on audiobook. I actually didn't even hear that. That's good. I'm chaos over here. I just spilled beer on myself. Okay, it's okay. Continue. <laughs> uh, the Woman in Me. Oh, yeah. Um, I highly recommend listening to it on audiobook and it's available through Spotify. Are you serious? I just paid for it. Oh, I'm so sorry. Well, I mean, after how much her family siphoned from her, how much money yeah, damn, that's and true. energy. If Jamie Spears ends up with any of that $13 in his pocket, I'm suing Amazon. <laughs> Do you hear me, Bezos? You're not even involved anymore, but I'm fucking, I'm suing you. I just started listening to it on audiobook. Speaking of $13 going into Britney Jean Spears' pockets. I'm only on chapter two, but from okay. what I've heard so far. I have um, listened to the book from beginning to end. I listened to it in a span of two days because I listened to it while I was packing. That's brilliant. Great idea. Um, and my first thought, just reflecting after the book had finished, was was Wendy Williams really that out of line when she said death to the Spears family? <laughs> No, were people actually <laughs> mad about that? She, I mean, 
that was a little bit of an aggressive thing to say and even she was shocked oh i know she like looked around like <gasps> she's like oh oh honestly the holy spirit took over her body in that moment and i'm and not mad at her for it i think she, she maybe got a glimpse into the future yeah that's why it shocked her um but this will include some spoilers so if you don't want it to be spoiled or if you don't even just want to know anything about the book then maybe maybe skip this <laughs> Um, or listen to it silently so we get the ad dollars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. Sorry, I'm thirteen dollars out from this book. I need y'all. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Reimbursement. Um, listen to it on Spotify for well, I guess not free. It's like part of your premium membership. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is our first time hearing Brittany give her side of her experience after her conservatorship. Yeah. And what it was actually like. And it's shocking. She she also tells um, about her entire life leading up to the conservatorship. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, in the small amount that I've read, what's shocked me so far in just the first two chapters is like the generational trauma that's involved in her life, too. Which oh, is like, yeah. no, oh, yeah. no excuse for, you know, how her family is. But like, it's just so interesting how she opens up the whole book talking about like her like dad's dad and how awful he was to him and how she never saw that it was he was just her grandpa but like how Mm -hmm. that affected him and would then like you know he took it out on her you know what i mean like that's it's just interesting that she chose to open up like that to begin with uh i think an interesting note on that too is her grandmother I i think it was her grandmother on her mom's side um she it sounds like she really relates to her and in her old age she was um prescribed lithium and lithium is what started to kind of make her lose herself yeah and lithium is pretty serious That's some heavy stuff yeah it's a really serious antipsychotic mm-hmm. but later when Brittany was in her conservatorship she was prescribed lithium and she talks about when she was on lithium and she like when she came home from an involuntary rehab, um, she her family was talking to her and she was like, I just remember thinking like, what the fuck is going on right now? She she had no idea what was going on around her. That's so scary. Mm-hmm. So um, back to like the beginning and earlier parts of the book, uh, she does talk about, you know, dating Justin Timberlake and whatnot, but... Um, she also talks about how she lost her virginity at 14. I heard that. And when you think about just like what a chaotic buzz that the media had around her virginity and her body was bizarre. I've been seeing clips of interviews with her when she was like 16 and they're like, are you a virgin? And she's just like, um, what the fuck is wrong with you? Can you imagine those questions being asked now? I mean, there's still frenzy around like, like young women's virginities, but like, this is, yeah, it was egregious. Weird. Yeah. It was so in her face, Mm -hmm. every single thing. And like when she, like there was speculation about whether or not she got a boob job. Everyone was asking her about her boobs in a way that wasn't like, so did you get any work done? Which is still rude, but like a little yeah. bit less direct. People were like, so your tits, like you did something to them, you know? She's like, like um, I'm 17. Yeah, right. 
it's just fuck. it's disgusting cr- absolutely bananas and then i know we're gonna get more into the book but it's bananas that somebody would go through that kind of media scrutiny and then people are still like oh why did she like go off the deep end like why did she like shave her head which she talks about in the book mm-hmm. but like the things that the country put her through and then scrutinized her for being affected by it they the way that so she was she's just like so so famous she's britney fucking spears you know they called her like what the queen of pop Mm -hmm. princess of pop uh both you know yeah she she should be be, both she's both yeah she's her own mother (laughs) (laughs) i mean she really was yeah she she after she became successful um i think especially after she was on the mickey mouse club she was providing for her family at a very young age and she talks about that like she talks about how Jamie Lynn didn't ap- appreciate anything that Brittany had provided for them because she didn't understand how destitute they were before that. And money was always a big struggle. Her dad struggled with being an alcoholic her entire life. Mm-hmm. She talks about being afraid when he would drive her places um, because he was probably intoxicated. Yeah. And just how he abused them because he had a drinking problem and so she talks about i mean that's parentification providing for your entire family Mm -hmm. as a child and trying to she also talks about how as a kid she like wanted to be seen but didn't want anyone to see her like wow and that is such a relatable feeling like wanting to be acknowledged and perceived but then also just like not wanting people to look at you yeah. and like <laughs> think about you. It's yeah. just that was such a relatable part of it to me. That's wild that that's like somebody of her esteem mm-hmm. experienced that because like that she she was like the really, really far end of the being perceived spectrum. She was like as far as it gets. Mm-hmm. So for her to not want that kind of attention when she was a kid to then being thrust into such a spotlight. Oh, yeah. And then people asking you the most violating questions. Yeah. I'm sure a piece of her knew that was what was going to come with it. Mm-hmm. And she had already like, you know, she was robbed of a lot of like critical growing experiences. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah. Um, another thing too that I was like, uh, I don't know if she realizes that this is fucked up because to her it's like a fond memory. But um her mom would like give her drinks when she was thirteen. Like full drinks, not just like slips. Like, no. What the fuck? Yeah, like <laughs> they'd have their own little uh their own cocktails. It's like the mean girl's mom. Yes, literally. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because if you want a little, I'd rather you have it in the house. Um uh, so like moving on through her career, um, she just was kind of like a badass the entire time. And uh, then it gets to the point where she does talk about her relationship with Justin Timberlake. And I think she probably does see it as like a young love experience. But the part of it that I think is especially traumatic is just, you know, she loved him a lot. That was like yeah. her first real love. And they grew up together too. Mm-hmm. They grew up together and um, she got pregnant. This is a big part of the book. And then uh, her assistant was like her best friend essentially and like kind of her mom uh, from what it sounds like. And her assistant didn't want anybody because her assistant would provide like supervision. Her parents were like off doing who knows what the fuck. Yeah. And then she just had this woman who was like, a cool aunt yeah. <laughs> to her almost. Um, and her they, they don't want anybody to have the potential of finding out. So she did not go to a doctor's office. Um, she, they did some like backdoor shit to get the abortion pill. And then as it was happening, she was like writhing on the floor in pain in the bathroom. And that's when Justin Timberlake is like, I'm going to get a guitar and sing you a song. <laughs> and nowhere in the book is she like, and that really like calmed me down. No, of course not. <laughs> it's just this man singing to her I while know. her I, like that would that would honestly be kind of a devastating experience. Oh, absolutely. I know I said this last week, but it's like the scene in Barbie. With yes, the, I wanna push you. Yeah, that is literally what I well, imagine he was singing. That's probably what he was singing before it even came out but yeah that's a very like do i know yeah he wrote it in that moment yeah fun <laughs> fact like, that's actually that's the origin of the song but like i you're so right that the vision or like the image in my head of like going through something so traumatic and then having somebody be so like out of touch with what you're going yeah, through like she wanted that baby but then, you know, in her book, she's also like a lot of people might hate me for saying this, like for saying she did get an abortion. But I'm really glad that she did talk about it. Yeah. And um, she her explanation for it, too, is like, she, you know, I wouldn't have wanted to do this. But I also like this is his life, too. And I don't want to bring this his baby into the world. And he doesn't want it. Totally. Essentially. Right. And also like thinking about what the media was doing to her at the time that would have been the most stressful pregnancy ever for her which is not good for a baby and then like to raise a baby in the spotlight like that I mean obviously like it's been done before whatever whatever and she did want the baby but like 
thinking about what she was going through at the time that would have been an awful pregnancy Mm -hmm. having to like run from paparazzi like being called a slut like oh yeah very publicly they weren't married and then they were like the the pictures of like staying like not having sex until marriage and Mm -hmm. then here they are pregnant before being married you know yeah they both had different types of reputations to to uphold live up to (laughs) a bunch of impossible standards and then i think like part of the most tragic piece of it is just how heartbroken she was when he broke up with her too yeah um, I don't remember, like, I don't think that it was that much time between when she had this abortion and when they broke up. And it sounds like he was consistently cheating on her throughout their relationship. And she, like, made out with a guy and then told him. And then they, like, got past it. And then cried like, me a Whatever, came I'm out. fucking other people. Yeah. So, Which, and that, have you seen that music video? No. The imagery, it's so clearly, ob- I mean, it's, the song is obviously about her just based on when it came out, mm-hmm. but like, I think I, I literally never knew that. <laughs> the video, well, it's, the video really drives it home because mm-hmm. like, there's like, the character in there is blonde, whereas like, the same clothes, the same hat that like, Britney was wearing a lot at the mm-hmm. time. It's very clearly like, Britney imagery. And it fucked her, like how he talked about that breakup fucked her career in so many ways. Yeah. And then he did the same thing with Janet Jackson, like blamed her for the nip slip at the Super Bowl and then her career got fucked. His lack of accountability. And then he's like America's sweetheart for a while. Yeah. That would be devastating to see the peak of your ex's career while you're just like the the fingers being pointed at you even though this guy was chronically sleeping with other people while you were together through the duration of your relationship right um anyways moving past that i think this is one of the biggest pieces to me was when she was talking about her relationship with kevin vetterline um he was just like there and provided like like a sense of safety for her that she never had a sense of physical safety um she talks about how he would just hold her when she wanted like wanted to be held and like it it makes sense like this is she she wanted a man in her life to be supportive yeah because she's had to be both of her own parents yeah she's never had the comfort from a man that she yeah, like I'd a stable wanted. a stable man yeah. figure in her life. And um I think also she just she wanted to be loved. She wanted a family. And this guy was there like providing that for the time being. And um that they got married and had kids. Also she talks about her little Vegas marriage thing. And oh, that's when <laughs> So her like little she she like married one of her high school friends and it's because they were just like out partying and uh had a fun night in vegas and like <laughs> they got married in vegas and then her family like flipped out on her because she's in the in the news and they're like what the hell are you doing and she's like what do you mean like i'm just having fun yeah and when you think about it it's like yeah i've seen w- <laughs> i've seen way more chaotic shit happening in vegas like yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter that she's famous she just was like having a fun night out with her friends and like 
had this silly wedding and it wasn't going to be real anyways. Right. And they, she's, I think, um, they were pretty intoxicated at that point too. (laughs) I think that it's, it's like, I remember when that happened, everybody like thought of it as such like a, like, oh my God, she's slipping. Like she just got, oh yeah, it was such like a thing. And then like, when you think about it for what it is. Yeah, she, like a kid a just fuck. like being a kid. Yeah, like that's like a funny thing that people do. That's like, oh, fuck, we got married last night. We better go get it annulled. Well, and like how often do you see like young people on TikTok or whatever like doing the same shit? I guess from the perspective of like, you know, he could take half of everything. <laughs> that's fair. But yeah. like. So they got to seem like they, they got like annulled. Yeah. Cause it wasn't real. Right. Um. And the, but then went back to Kevin Federline, um, you know, she, she marries him and she's like, OK, I'm going to be she like wanted to be like a, a wife and like a loyal wife to him. And she was so excited to have their baby. And um, essentially, like after she had their first son, he like is focusing on his bullshit career. <laughs> Um, I think Jimmy Fallon called him a no hit wonder, <laughs> um, but she was like upset about that comment because she was like, he's still like the father of my children. Totally. He's still my husband. But it was but, wild at the time for somebody like her to be with somebody like him that nobody oh, yeah. had heard of. All of us were like, who the fuck is this yeah, deadbeat? Right. Who happened to slink into her life when she was at like her lowest, one of her lowest points. Yeah. So you know, she has these two kids. Everyone is like seeing Kevin Federline as like kind of a piece of white trash um Mm -hmm. i think is the public perception of him and uh she as this is all happening he's being just a terrible partner and um her publicist tells her to initiate the divorce because he's going to do it anyways and it will be better if she initiates the divorce but it ends up backfiring on her um and he goes for like full custody i think (gasps) and at this point everyone is scrutinizing her as a mother and literally all she wants is to have a little family Mm -hmm. (laughs) and um he's he's going for full custody he won't let her see them and that's when she starts to kind of like lose it this is when we see her in 2007 like shaving her head like hitting a paparazzi's car with her umbrella like the same night yeah it's just she she had just when she talks about that night when she goes to shave her head and she's like in a custody battle and she has been trying to see her two kids like they are babies Mm -hmm. at this point too just little tiny babies and it she's being denied seeing her own children so she is just like having a breakdown Mm -hmm. um and some she says someone commented if uh if someone like kept their kids from her she would have done way more than get a haircut like a hell of a lot worse yeah (laughs) so like people to criticize her shaving her head like she was pissed. She's like, you're the, the paparazzi's harassing her nonstop while she's in this custody battle because she just wants her kids. She yeah. just wants her fucking kids. She wants to see them. She wants to spend time with them. Mm-hmm. That's it. The, That's, this is that was like the root of 
everything. She, this is when it just really started to spiral out is she, she so desperately wanted to be with her own children and was denied that right at every turn. And then when she's having this like crisis because she's also experiencing postpartum depression and she talks about that. So she's in postpartum depression and her kids are being kept from her. Mm -hmm. So yeah, she's going to shave her fucking head. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) She's losing her mind. She, because nothing matters at that point. You're just like, all I want is to see my kids and like, no one will let me do that. Yeah. I I remember like she was before the book came out, she had made some statement about that moment of her shaving her head. And it was like, she what she just wanted people to stop touching her. Like Mm -hmm. she just wanted like, Oh, she talks about her hair as a big piece of like her perception and how people treated her. Yeah. It's all of these things that have like that led up to like that, like moment too. And also everything after like, I've realized recently how Britney Spears is such a victim of like the patriarchy and men taking Mm -hmm. advantage of her, like from her dad putting her in the conservatorship, uh, Justin Timberlake burying her career for like her doing what he had done and then him getting away unscathed. Threw her under the bus, even though he was like doing way worse. Right. Kevin Federline taking the kids from her because like she was able to look crazy. And he was using her to launch his own career. Mm -hmm. And I bet he also did that like by keeping the kids. He's like, oh, well, this guy's much more stable of a father than Britney Spears. Look at what she's doing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then this is when her family gets involved is when she's having this kind of like crisis but she does talk about when she um wrote and recorded blackout that was like one of the happiest times she's ever had like she says recording that album was so easy and she that was when she had her two kids and was still able to like be with them um and she was just like in and out of the studio and which songs were on blackout uh piece of me oh that was the perfect song for that era i remember when that song came out my mom was like um Fuck yeah, the song is so perfect. That was such a cool song. That was like around when her sound was like really changing too. Yeah, yeah. And she she does talk about how like she loves experimenting with music and like that's what her fans expect from her. And then anyways, moving forward, like when she's in this conservatorship, she's like, she's like, what the fuck? I don't need to be in a conservatorship. And they're like, this is just to like help whatever. And she essentially had no say or control in anything. And anytime she would push back, she would she was punished. So she was constantly talking to therapists. Every time she went to rehab, she she was forced to go to rehab and she was never addicted to anything. They were just making her go to rehab. Mm -hmm. And she was just like eventually just kind of going with it. Yeah. Because it's like no choice. If I she tried so hard to she tried so hard to do everything they said, be a good performer, have her show on the Vegas strip and like do everything she needed to do just so she could have her kids back in Mm -hmm. her life. Mm -hmm. Isn't that so sad? And everything that they were putting her through was perpetuating the image that she couldn't handle it. Like Mm -hmm. putting her on lithium and like my, my I remember before all of this came out when she was still in the conservatorship my therapist was like it's so clear that they're bringing this woman out of her house making her perform they're pumping her full of drugs to oh, perform, yeah. then putting her back in her house and like it was just that 
over and over and over again. Oh, they also were like saying she was addicted to like over the counter. It was probably just pre-workout. It was like caffeine pills and stuff because she was dating a gym guy. And they were like, you can't be taking these supplements. And it was just like caffeine pills and shit. She's like, this is available over the counter. <laughs> like That is so maddening. I know. It's just like, I'm not doing anything. Like, And for nobody to believe you and to be so alone in it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You have all of these people around you gaslighting you and telling you like, you're you're crazy. You need our help. And then um, she has all of these therapists who are, you know, selected by her dad mm-hmm. and fuck Jamie Spears. It, like as it continues and gets worse and she's on lithium and she has no idea what the fuck's going on. They're just, she had an allowance. She, she had an allowance of her own money, mm-hmm. which is, it, it's just right, glaring you right in the face that her dad specifically it was using the conservatorship to get his bag essentially yeah he got accustomed to a lifestyle and his daughter making mistakes in the public eye is fucking up his lifestyle yeah it's repulsive totally and then jamie lynn spears has always been kind of a jealous little bitch to be honest Mm -hmm. yeah i mean she's living in her sister's shadow but yeah she's inadequate she she's she's what inadequate (laughs) I'm mad at the whole family. Justice She's, for Wendy Williams. I mean, yeah. Justice for Wendy. That's the point of this whole anyway, yeah, episode. That's going to be the title of this episode. Just kidding. Justice for Wendy Williams. Um, the Britney Spears story. <laughs> it's just, Jamie, she just never really understood the the struggles that Britney had to deal with. Um, and didn't really, wasn't able to understand that the lifestyle she had was because of Britney and Britney was basically a parent to her parents. So she got to live an entirely different life experience. It's um, I've heard someone explain like you can have the same parents, but you will not have the same childhood experience. Yeah. And that's true with every child because yeah. your parents learn something different each time. And this is especially different because now your first child is providing for you. Mm-hmm. So what, she she talks about the free Britney movement. Oh, so good. she's in her last bout of rehab. And this is when people are really starting to speculate, like, what the fuck is going on with Britney? Like, this conservatorship is getting out of hand. And um, do you remember the big rally for free Britney? Yeah. Because they were suspecting she was in rehab against her will. And she was. And... One of the nurses there, she says in her book, she's like, and she was the realest bitch there. Like, <laughs> yes. Um, then one of the nurses brings her over to the computer and she's like, look at this and shows her a news article about like free Britney. Wow. And she was like, I just want to thank my fans so much. Like, honestly, her she the way she talks about her fans is like how her fans were her family mm-hmm. before her actual family was. Yeah. Um, and she's like, thank you so much for like being so supportive. Like none of this would be possible without you. Um, and she talks about, I think that one of the most interesting things of the whole book too, is just her acknowledging the parentification that she experienced and how she does oscillate between these different ages. Mm -hmm. Like, the woman in me is literally about the woman inside of her because she is an adult woman who can make her own fucking decisions and has lived a very 
like <laughs> she's lived like a million lifetimes in one life yeah um before age 40 and uh she that's why sometimes when you see her in her videos she's kind of acting like a little girl yeah because that part of her is wounded yeah (laughs) so her doing these like things that maybe seem a little weird online is like she's playing yeah essentially she's She's letting herself like just live her fucking life she's doing what she's always wanted to do exactly never been able to do she's never been able to do it because she was the breadwinner for her family and she's never been able to do it because of how she was treated in the peak of like raunch patriarchal culture yeah like the early and mid 2000s that's like peak raunch culture that's when we have girls gone wild Mm -hmm. and shit like that like porn is available on computers now yeah it's just yeah she she was absolutely victimized by it and it robbed her of just having these very simple life experiences that she wanted to have which is a fucking family and to spend time with her kids yeah and instead she was treated like a cash cow literally Mm -hmm. just like hooked up to all these drugs she was having her blood drawn all the time like for what that's absolutely just to keep her delusional it's also what struck me in the um the free britney documentary that i think it was the new york times did it like how responsible she was for every decision that she made in her career like Mm -hmm. she choreographed the dances with all the choreographers she picked like her outfits she picked what songs she did at the award shows like she was very in control of everything she was very competent she wasn't Mm -hmm. like a like a media like she wasn't like a media plant like she got there because she was so smart and so dedicated and then just everything got yanked from her so fast and she got like like punished i guess for like Mm -hmm. being so good at what she does because people were trying to like wring her dry of everything that she had yeah because she was so successful so it was just like it's it's such a sad thing to look back on in hindsight now Mm -hmm. too with when we were living it it was so the norm for women to be scrutinized publicly like she was being scrutinized so it was like oh yeah well of course Britney Spears is because she's like the biggest name ever and looking back on it now it's like disgusting oh yeah like she was treated so unfairly horribly like and part of me when I was listening to this like I think I had just seen the Eras tour movie and I was thinking to myself like what would Britney have had if she had the kind of support that Taylor had Mm -hmm. and it just made me really sad yeah and um even in in court or something like Britney pointed out how Miley Cyrus was like because they had the same representation um how Miley was allowed to like do a bunch of crazy shit but like Britney can't even like get her IUD removed Mm mm-hmm like (laughs) yeah she had no bodily autonomy right and the fact that we watched this happen like the most one of the most famous iconic celebrities in the world was not even allowed to have a say in what was happening to her body yeah it is shocking and disgusting and it's just like until very recently too Mm -hmm. yeah um so it's just all around a very like revealing book just to see what to hear what she had to say about like what her actual experience was and and there's just pieces that she talks about too about like different performances like 
when she had to go on stage and um I, know, I don't even I already know what you're gonna say yeah I can't remember what the song was I think it's like it's Britney bitch whatever yeah uh-huh. I can't remember that what what the name of that song is well because she's like having she wasn't allowed to see her kids and then she didn't want to perform but she had to anyways mm-hmm. and she wasn't ready to perform in the outfit that they put her in like she wasn't confident she was like I could see myself on the screen and I felt horrible and then everyone's like oh Britney Spears is fat it's like she's <laughs> she just had a baby yeah. uh and she had her postpartum is like better than my body will ever look and has ever looked it's just well, it, people were holding her to like her they were comparing her to herself from when she was 17 yeah a literal teenager Which no is one's gross. gonna look like that um she just has this very tragic story and it it reminded me a lot of jessica simpson's autobiography too which i didn't read but i listened to a like podcast series about it <laughs> i might as well have listened to the audiobook <laughs> um but just the way that these women in the mid the early and mid 2000s were treated is pretty horrendous mm-hmm. um especially you know families like jessica and Brittany like didn't grow up with any money and then they end up being the breadwinners for their families. Yeah. And then they're treated, they're, they're like the most beautiful women in the world. And then they're treated like they're like fucking idiots and can't make decisions, even though they both had a lot of control in their own careers. Right, exactly. They were they were both very competent artists and mm-hmm. just, uh, just competent people all along. And like the media was so complicit in all of this too and i always think about the south park episode about her have you seen that no it it's just like it rings true and hits home even harder when you like watch it after hearing her audiobook i i should rewatch it but essentially the premise is she's the biggest pop star and then in the south park episode she tries to kill herself and uh the the media won't leave her alone mm-hmm. and like the in this episode the media drove her to trying to commit suicide right. so then in this episode she has like half of her head and she's still alive and they're making her perform and try and have Fuck. this comeback and it's just like listening to the audiobook and remembering that episode i was just like kind of angry i was so yeah. angry I, yeah uh-huh and well and like South Park is so good at doing that too yeah. of just like honing in right on the most like relevant and important piece and it will maintain its relevancy throughout decades. Those creators of that show, they wrote Book of Mormon too. They mm-hmm. they are the most genius group of people. When you can identify issues in um like like social issues and see that they will remain relevant i don't know that's just like a level of brilliance yeah that one day i hope i could achieve a sliver of these cartoonists are time travelers man they really are like the simpsons just like they just have a variety they have such a array of writers um especially Mm -hmm. for the simpsons you know they have like scientists helping write some of these jokes so like even the smartest people have something to laugh at anyways (laughs) It's so worth listening to. Does she talk about Sam Ashgari? A little bit, yeah. Um, but when she wrote it, are they still married? No. 
so they were still married when she wrote it. Oh, okay. Um, because she references it like they're still married. Um, damn. But it sounds like he was pretty supportive Good. through her conservatorship ending. That's what it seemed like. Um, I oh one piece. I also I keep like remembering little bits of it. She talks about when her mom wrote like an autobiography after you know Brittany like shaved her head and she goes on this uh talk show and talks about like how badly Britney's doing and is like my poor daughter blah 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 so she's capitalizing yeah off of her daughter's like pain instead of supporting her mm-hmm. instead of being a fucking supportive parent and then um I think when the conservatorship ended, Jamie Lynn was like, oh, shit, I better, <laughs> better capitalize on the it. glory days are over. I better yeah. get in front of this because Britney's going to talk about it. Yeah. And they've always had a contentious relationship. And she does say how she's trying to um, work on how her, her resentment towards her younger sister. And she's like, you know, I love my sister, but like i'm trying to improve how i feel about her Do you remember when she had a baby when she was like 16 oh yeah britney talks about that too because she's that like such a thing at the time she's like uh everyone's criticizing me meanwhile no one's talking about how this child is having a child yeah right <laughs> and then there, she was like she got applauded for it because she's still with her baby daddy is she still even today i think I don't think so anymore. You know, I don't really know. I don't. To be honest, I don't give a shit about Jamie Lynn. No, fuck Jamie Lynn. Death to the Spears. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> Justice for Wendy Williams. Uh, that sounds a lot like the the Lohan family. Dina Lohan, like really, uh, or Lowen. Yes. We all just recently learned that it's pronounced Lowen. Who cares? Um, Dina. Dina. But Dina Lohan was like really, really capitalizing on Lindsay, like slipping. It's like what. Yeah, what kind of parent? The martyr mom story. Yeah. It's essentially what they're doing, and they didn't actually help their children at all. No. Um, she does talk about how Paris Hilton was like one of the most supportive friends she had. And Madonna too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and when that night when she goes out with Lindsay Lohan and Paris Hilton, you know, Paris and Lindsay are like party girls and like Britney's in amidst this custody battle and everyone's like she's a terrible mom because she went out with her friends and then everyone's like harassing her about that and she's like literally all we did was like get a little drunk and dance like i remember during like how often do you do that with your friends more more than i should you know what I mean? Uh huh. But, but nobody's writing articles about it. Yeah. What the fuck is and up I don't with that? Feel bad about it. What people don't write? Ar- am I not worth writing an article about? <laughs> <laughs> Amelia Sampson. me publicly. Seen drinking an espresso martini at a local bar. <laughs> write an article. Getting the party going. I'll give you content. I'll I'll write the article. Thanks, Liz. Can we talk about Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey real quick? Um, absolutely. Okay. Actually. The, I cannot get over the karma is the guy on the chiefs coming straight home to me mm-hmm. and then she did it again oh she did it twice she did it the next night i think we think probably because we all freaked out yeah but her dancers did you see their reaction yes. to it? Oh, and then hear her running to him backstage <laughs> oh my god i love them so much dude um, i saw this tiktok earlier i'll have to send it to you when i can find it but um it's this person explaining like me before 11 11 23 which was the day of this con- this uh 
concert and um they're like yeah you know i i do really like taylor swift i i don't know if i'd really like consider myself as a swifty um but i i like her music and then um after it's like oh my god yeah that because that's that is exactly how i feel because i literally i've said on this podcast like I, you know, I'm happy for her. I was a little suspicious that maybe it was a, a stunt. Um, and a PR. Yeah, a PR stunt. And uh, the more the more things I see, the, it just makes me so happy. Yeah, I know. And I think a piece of it is because we know what it's like to be so in love yeah with really great men yeah (laughs) so when we see that represented and I think other people are so happy about it too because that's what they're experiencing too like Taylor Swift is she's Taylor Swift she's Taylor fucking Swift right and she's dated men who you know are disrespectful um are honestly a little egotistical and then she had this like five-year relationship that we never saw anything about. Mm-hmm. Um, she kept it pretty private. And I'm sure that was also partially because he wanted it private. He seems very introverted. Yeah. Like, the have you seen the videos of him at the one show that he went to of hers? The mm-hmm. Reputation Tour? And, like, she's singing a song about him. And he's kind of, like, looking around and, like, smiling to himself. But it's because he's shy. But people are seeing it. And they're like, fuck Joe Alwyn. Like... And then you then they like show Travis Kelsey and he's like holding up the we will stay sign. They're very different. They're, They're very both different very dudes. different guys. Yeah. And so. I, I think that she needs I honestly I can't imagine a better person for her than like the profile of Travis Kelsey. Mm-hmm. Like being like in his own career but not needing the limelight, you know? And yeah. just being like there to support well, her. He he I think the piece of it is is he is aware that she is so much more famous than him. Yeah. And is fucking loves that yeah it's kind of like how frank is with you like because it's like okay well how do you feel about dating someone who has a very big online following and presence um like a recognizable person and he's like all in about it he's like it's fucking awesome yeah and he yeah. doesn't care he's not afraid that i like when i think of travis kelsey i immediately think of frank because That's like the highest compliment it's just like he's he's a all in he's like riding for it you know and that's i think that is something that as women we so rarely see Mm -hmm. in relationships is a strong and confident man like showing up to support his badass girlfriend or wife or whatever yeah yeah because you know who else is like that asap rocky yeah with rihanna i love that shit he fucking shows up he loves being rihanna's boo yeah totally (laughs) he loves like being the father to their children yeah he's just an accessory (laughs) yeah and he has his whole own career and yeah he's he's not threatened no by the power of of rihanna like he is completely enamored with her and that's kind of what we see with travis and taylor swift he just like i'm sure he loves that about her yeah he's not threatened by like he's not a singer 
you know? Yeah, right. He, they're not he's competing for career. the limelight. Exactly. Another good example of that is um, Zendaya and Tom Holland. Mm-hmm. He is so proud of her. Oh, yeah. Like when they were, I don't know if you've seen the red carpet interview where like he's being interviewed and then Zendaya comes in and you can hear just like the crowd erupting and he's like, oh, oh, Zendaya just walked in. And then he stops the interview and just like watches her walk in and he's just like beaming. And it's like he's having this moment, this career moment that could like is good for his job. And mm-hmm. he's still just like, hold on pause like that's my that's my boo (laughs) i I saw some other commentary online that is how uh she was taught like whoever made the tiktok she was talking about how um what's happening in the public eye like amongst celebrities or whatever is a reflection of what is happening socially so Mm. like the reason people are so amped about this is because we are seeing a representation of a like strong confident man showing up and being so supportive and not threatened and like admir just completely admiring the women that they're dating yeah and that is just like we're saying no to being treated poorly as a collective yeah um and that i don't think i don't necessarily mean like men treating women poorly i just mean in general we're we're all showing up to say yes to relationships that are supportive and loving yeah like she looked so happy yeah she like ran to him she's like never done that shit exactly i'm it's like shocking how much she is showing off this relationship so confidently yeah he probably slings dick though (laughs) yeah definitely got it on in argentina (laughs) down south i have a hard time imagining them having sex i guess i guess though i have i have a hard time imagining really anyone having sex because when you think Mm. about it too much like, I don't think about my friends having sex, to yeah. be honest. I'm yeah. like, eh. That seems normal. That's for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need to imagine That's a normal it. approach. Yeah. I feel like... But especially with some celebrities. Like, okay, Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox. They have weird you, sex. You can definitely imagine it. They have weird sex, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah, Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey, I just, I can't, I'm having a hard time imagining it. I'm sure it is great he's just so large yeah they both seem like it just seems like it'd be a good time oh yeah and she's like she has she like deserves that. that she's like co- like tour fit right now too oh. so she's probably like just her her, her confidence in herself oh my god radiates she is ha- she is at i've never seen anybody at such a career peak mm-hmm for her to have this career peak and then have this fucking amazing relationship mm-hmm. amidst this career peak i don't know i was just like oh my god that's so cool and like good things are still possible because i think it's just one of those things that provides like a little glimmer of hope for everybody yeah of just like okay amongst amongst everything that fucking sucks at least there's this really awesome thing happening that you can just like stand back and look at and be in awe of it not just their relationship but i mean like where she's at in her career, how she was even able to accomplish this and what had to happen leading up to this. And it's just like, for me, just kind of is a reflection of like a lot of bad things can happen. And then like, you don't know what's going to happen in the future, but it can pay off. Yeah, totally. She's like gotten to 
such an amazing point in her life. I was doing, I got, I did a deep dive last night about her publicist, Tree Payne. Do you know who she is? No, I need to. I mean, I've heard of her. She's I need to see a little bit more. Bad or, bitch. She's like, she has been with Taylor since 2014, I think. So, no, it was after college. It, it must have been 20. No, it was 2014. So she was with her through the whole like Kanye leaking the phone call her dropping the karma album which is you know a disputed claim but yeah. i believe it and then rep- the reputation era and now like this whole like era's tour like she's been with her through the whole thing and like mm-hmm. taylor's starting to acknowledge her like she was like walking the carpet for her film premiere and somebody was like can we get a solo shot and taylor's like you're gonna have to ask that redhead right there she makes all the decisions for me which is so funny because it's just uh-huh. like no that's like breaking the fourth wall of like there's pe- <laughs> these people have a whole team <laughs> yeah you know? yeah um but I've just like I just love this like image of this powerhouse like female team like mm-hmm. helping this woman being like bolstered at this oh, yeah. p- at this moment in her life when she had been scrutinized for so long, much like Britney Jean Spears. Yeah. In different ways, obviously, but like this is the picked apart by the media. Like twenty twenty three, I think, has been a warm-up for the year of the girls in 2024 is the year of the girls and you heard it here first because fuck yes what barbie did for us Mm -hmm. like and i know that some people don't like the barbie movie and you can suck my entire you can have a hot take whatever no you have a bad opinion we still (laughs) sorry you're just wrong yeah that's the only time i'll ever say that an opinion is wrong that film was so special but anyway we, we still need to have a barbie episode about how important it was oh yeah oh yeah um, we haven't done that yet i mean we needed to talk about britney jean spears first oh yeah because that's how we're starting the year of the girls yeah um but you know we had barbie and i think that was just like a really empowering moment like so many people saw it more than once <laughs> and uh it's the highest grossing movie for all of warner brothers I don't yeah. think I knew that. I don't yeah. think I'd heard that. That's how fucking good it was. And then um, uh, we had the Eras tour happening as well at the same the same summer. Yeah. That was wild. And and the Eras tour. I think the Eras tour kind of cleared the way for Barbie. And then Barbie happened. And then the Eras tour movie came out. And like Taylor blew up even more. And then she has this relationship, a very public relationship, representing everything that you know, women have been looking for in relationships, which is just someone who like cheers them the fuck on. Like women are so often expected to be the supporter, but I heard, I think Anna Ferris explained it this way. Like in a relationship, you need to take turns. Like if you think about a relationship as a ring, you need to take turns being the setting and being the diamond. So like, and it's that. true. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> And you don't, you just don't really see men in heterosexual relationships showing up to be the setting. Yeah. They need to, and even if they're not the diamond, like sometimes they don't even show up to be the fucking setting. And that's what it is. It's like, you need to show up to be like, this is the woman that I love and I'm going to fucking lift her up into the sky. Like, yeah, (laughs) she's going to sparkle. Fuck yes that's that's what it's about it's about like providing the support needed and letting the person you love shine 
speaking of the year of the girl this is my last thing i know that you had a little smile on your i know i I meant to talk to you about this i'm so glad i remembered before we stopped recording um have you seen that kim kardashian was named one of gq's men of the year i love that it is i haven't like looked at any of the like obviously fox news has probably been running a story about this all day oh i love how many (laughs) like people are freaking out about um, isn't Boy Genius also Men of the Year or something? Are they? I saw something about Boy Genius like being called Men of the Year or oh. Man of the Year or something. Um, but I love that Kim Kardashian was look, called Man of the Year. Look at these covers. I just need you. I need to get your reaction to I them. Did see, I did see these. I mean, she looks great per usual. I just love, I love that she got this title. I love this one. It's so good. Sponsored by Reese's. Probably. I love on, no. on the, her cover too. There's like all of these men listed around her, like also featuring. <laughs> and then just all these men. It's just Kim Kardashian in the middle. Um, part of me does kind of wonder if this is like, I don't know. Like, are they, because Dylan Mulvaney uh-huh. was named woman of the year. Yeah. And people were very upset about that because she's trans. Mm-hmm. And part of me is what, like wondering if this was just kind of like to make fun of no. Dylan Mulvaney. Definitely not, especially with Caitlyn being like Caitlyn Jenner, like mm-hmm. being a part of Kim's family, too. I don't yeah. think that she would have ever have like co-signed on something like That's that. That's fair. That's fair. But like she is a badass in a way that a lot of people like societally expect men to be that's true she like has run all of she runs this company she does not fuck around she doesn't fuck around business decisions skims is now the official underwear of the nba which is that's bananas Mm -hmm. and nobody's like kim Kardashian. like she has done such a good job like clearing her name of all of the shit that everybody associated her name with well she was kind of like have you ever seen reality stars be treated the way the kardashians are no. no like she took her whole family with her up out of this like perception of reality television stars which is just like they're trash yeah they're campy they're trashy and she has elevated her entire family yeah out of that which is <laughs> that's a very hard accomplishment it's the year of the girl baby 2024 2024 and beyond <laughs> amen i think that's a good uh ending now yeah i think so too the way to en- end this episode i think we will what have two ish more yeah yeah we're this isn't our last our one break. of the year we'll yeah we'll be yeah we have the rest of november and so. then we'll return back for the the year of the girls oh my god beginning of january and i'll have a little home studio like actually have a mm-hmm. home studio at my new place <laughs> hell yeah <gasps> Until you get it all set up, hopefully we'll have a... We can bounce back our, and forth. Yeah. I love oh my that. God, look I'm at only that. six minutes areas. from you, even though I moved to a different neighborhood. I love that. Yeah. It's the best. You're probably even closer than you were before then. I'm literally the same distance. That's hilarious. Isn't that amazing? I love it. Anyway, that was like the first thing I checked. I was like, wait, but... I know. <laughs> I'm glad. Once you told me how close you were going to be, I was relieved because yeah. I was a little sad. I was like, I just moved yeah, into the neighborhood just and got here. leaving. Yeah, I know. The timing fucking But sucked. the fact that you're still really close. So close. And I get to go to a cute neighborhood. Yeah. I can't wait. I'm so excited for you to see my place. Me too. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Thanks for listening. Do you want to play us out? Ooh. 
why not <laughs> should i do like a britney spears impression yeah absolutely i don't know if i could do it yeah 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 <laughs> Honestly, I thought she was in the room with us. She is. It's in our souls. Yeah. She's part of us. She, damn, Liz. That's fucking facts. <laughs> I'm just... <laughs> I feel like you... Will you do it? I feel like you're ready. Ooh, we love you. Also, since this is an audio meetup, you guys don't know this, uh, Mr. Liz is in the kitchen right next to us. I think he actually left. Oh, okay. He heard that we were doing our outro and he he's was like, like I gotta go. Dead. Yeah. It's it's secondhand embarrassment. He just, he just disintegrated. He didn't even leave. <laughs> he <laughs> died of embarrassment. Turned into dust. Secondhand embarrassment. <laughs> All right. Let's do this. Okay. Okay. We love you, our children. I feel like it gets worse every time. <laughs> See, that's where we disagree. That's the one thing we disagree on. I think it gets more beautiful. I think every the week. listeners like it. Yeah, and that's all <laughs> they that- did tell us. They told us it was a treat. We do this for our children. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs>